Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachelke. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? Oh, uh, you know, just completely stressed out about this championship <laughs> matchup this week. <laughs> well, before we get into that, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore all of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We have another great episode for you guys, episode 69, in honor of it being the 69th <laughs> episode. Uh, Tyler and I have come up with our top five number 69s in sports. Uh, we're also going to go back and forth in our favorite football segment, the two-minute drill, and then to close the show, the best hoop segment around the starting five. But like Tyler said, the big news in fantasy football, Tyler has made it to the championship of the inaugural season of the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, why don't you let the folks know? <laughs> I'm still trying to put myself together from the 69 <laughs> jokes. So why now, don't you that let, now that I've collected myself Why here, don't you let the people know uh, how you made it to the championship? Um, I got how I made it to the championship. It was yeah, actually I mean, what pretty, happened? It was actually a pretty, uh, a pretty poor game on both me and the person I was playing. Uh, pretty low scoring for a semifinal game. Um, the guy I'm playing scored way more points than both of us. Uh, actually, almost both of us combined. Well, Chad um, kicked my ass. Yeah, I mean, I think I won like a hundred to seventy something. So, well, and if you scored one hundred and sixty, then Chad Chad beat me one hundred and sixty four point five to ninety four point eight. My team shit the bed completely. Yeah, I uh, didn't didn't have a great week, um, but I got obviously I got got it done. Um, so that's all right. Uh, I've been looking forward to this uh, championship matchup. I'm stressed out about it. I've went over every every aspect of it. Um, the good thing is, is I'm comfortable with who I'm rolling with. I'm not, I'm not changing my lineup at all. I'm no, rolling, you got to stick with your guns. Rolling with the guys that got me here. I'm not going to make any sort of drastic change, even though you know there's some, uh, you know there's some players that I, you know, I probably could upgrade. But um, I'm going to roll with it, and hopefully I come out the win. Uh, the best part about the matchup is, is that I'm playing against Patrick Mahomes. Um, so obviously, in a fantasy sense, I want to root against him, and he just happens to be playing the Seahawks. So it's a win-win uh, for you. So it's a win-win for me. Well, I mean, or it can be a lose-lose. I mean, <laughs> this is the, also true. That's the thing. It's, uh, hey, but and, no, I'm, I'm putting positive energy out there we, for you. Uh, and by the time our championship game is done, by the time Sunday games are done, um, we each have one player going Sunday night. Uh, that's Mahomes and Doug Baldwin. Uh, and then we have nobody going Monday. So Two Mah big names going at it. Mahomes and Doug Baldwin will be the, the end of it uh, fantasy-wise for the season. So I'm excited how turns out and hopefully i can win the uh the first ever championship of the year yeah that'd be that'd be pretty cool for you to win the first year of the tsk show fantasy football yeah. league i'm stressed out he's projected to win by 14 but uh, he's projected to win by 14 yep i'm actually projected 119 which actually isn't bad um that's not too bad i was projected 135 this yeah. past week and i ended up with 94.8 so yeah i've been slowly dropping so it tells you all about I'm projections right there is uh is something but Fancy football is a crapshoot, and the fact that I got Mahomes going against Seattle—that's um, that's really where I hope to make the big impact. That's where I hope to make up some points. And you're you're out of it in the Blue Dog League. I'm out of it in the Blue Dog League. Um, any chance to get your money back or anything? Nope, 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 nope. nope. Oh, I'm, I'm out of it completely. Um, they're having their championship this uh, this week as well. Too. So the championship in my other league is this week as well. Uh, I was in the semifinals, and it came down to Monday Night Football. And the team I was playing against, the first-place team, he was 12-1. and one. He was done Sunday night after Sunday Night Football with only 77.8 points. Yeah, not very good. I had Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas going in Monday Night Football and could not get the job done. I yeah. ended with 72.2 points. I lost in the semifinals of my other league, but the silver lining is I'm playing for third place in both leagues, 
So I have the chance to get my money back in both leagues uh, that I there made the playoffs in. So uh, there's still a chance to break even this fo- fantasy football yeah, season. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad, uh, not a bad season because it's always entertaining. And, uh, no, I it's mean, it's been fun and it's been fun doing the the TSK show league and being able to talk about it on the show. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fun and it, it'll be cool to uh, see how how far the the league can go in the future. And the minor tweaks uh, and changes we'll make over the years will be. Cool. Yeah, I definitely, definitely suspect there being some uh, some tweaks to how we do how we run the TSK show league next season. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this was year one. We'll figure it out. But you know, a couple years in, we'll be we'll have it perfected. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we, we might throw a defensive player in there. But fantasy football is never perfect. So no, I mean, fantasy football is got, a crapshoot. You got the people that you know. Keenan Allen can happen any week. Melvin Gordon Melvin was supposed Gordon to play all the way up until game time. Basically, any week. Um, these yeah, these things uh, these things happen all the time. Kareem Hunt can happen. <laughs> I mean that that's like that's fantasy football for you. So that's it. Really is a crapshoot, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So good luck, Tyler. I'm I'm definitely pulling for you uh, in the TSK Show Fantasy it's Football League tough. Championship. His team, his team is stacked for sure. I no, mean, I'm Chad's need, got an incredible team. I'm gonna need some luck um, coming my way, but I got I got some good I got some good. Juju on oh, my team. I see what you did there. Yeah. All right. So, like we said, it is the 69th episode. Yes, sir. So Tyler thought it would be a good idea to go to Iguana, which is a thrift shop uh, here in Southern California in the Valley. Yeah. And uh, shout out Iguana. That oh, that was probably my. That was it. Damn it. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh man, it finally came. I've been trying to remember. But, yeah. <laughs> shout out Iguana is is my. Uh, that's like my main source for jerseys. Um, they've got a location in Sherman Oaks, California, and Hollywood, California. And in that Hollywood location, I probably bought more jerseys than any other one location. Probably probably two dozen jerseys I bought in that, that location. And Always can find gems. We went we went to the Sherman Oaks location today, mm-hmm. and we found some gems. And Tyler walked away with uh, a pretty snazzy jersey. This is a 2011 uh, Minnesota Vikings Jared Allen jersey, the year... He led the league in sacks. Yeah, and Purple Jesus was running the ball. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and didn't he old, win Defensive Player of the Year that year? Yep. And the old man, old man River was playing QB. That was a good team. Percy Harvin. That yeah, was, that, that was, was a pretty. That was a pretty fun team. So, anyways, I'll just start the list off with number one. Then I was going to start with number five, but since we're on it. I gotta say, I had to, I had to shout out the the no, jersey no. the jersey uh, adventure we went on today because we found some gems. We got it all fucked up. I I shouted out my people way too uh, <laughs> uh, way too early. Um, you also didn't know I was gonna start with that. Anyway. No, I didn't. So whatever. We'll 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 uh, we'll, we'll let it go. Um, number one, Jared Allen. Uh, number number sixty nine. His entire career, Kansas City, uh, Minnesota, and Chicago, I believe. Yes. Um, 136 sacks, 11th all time. Uh, he was always a beast, always rocking some crazy haircut. He uh, he had a Fu Manchu mustache for a while, I believe. He had the Fu Manchu, he had the mullet. Um, he was always a funny character on the field, um, always a fun player to watch. He too. had the the stir the pot, uh, yeah, uh, sack celebration. Yep, 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 led the league in sacks twice. So um, obviously a stud on the field. Oh, Jared Allen is um, a superstar. And I think when it comes to the number 69, which is what the episode is all about. Uh, he's the he epitomizes it. He's the first guy uh, people think of. Now this guy is probably the other one that's in the mix with Jared Allen as being the best player. Yes, uh, but he's not nearly as famous to like the younger generation. Um, but it's Mark Schlereth. He is on TV, a Fox analyst, I believe. That's how I was first introduced to Mark yeah, Schlereth. Yeah, so a lot of people do know um, Schlereth. I just happen to be a big fan of the Broncos teams with Elway and Terrell Davis. Yeah, he was part of those Super Bowl teams, won three he was, rings. He was, a, he was a lineman. He's got three Super Bowl rings, um, one with the Redskins in the 80s, I believe, and then um, two with the Broncos. Uh, but, yeah, 12-season uh, veteran. <laughs> Unbelievable. 26 knee sur- surgeries. Wait, what? Yep, I looked it up. I guess his his um, his does career even, was riddled with injuries, and he had a total of twenty six knee surgeries in his lifetime. Does he? Even I'm not a, sure how many of those were during his playing career. Does but, he have a real knee right uh, now? I don't know. Probably not. But uh, <laughs> he's great on TV. He was a great football player, and he wore the great number sixty nine. Uh, one of the few um, one of the few athletes to ever wear the number. Um, and then the next two, these guys aren't necessarily real, but. They're, they're uh, real in our hearts. They're real when it comes to the number 69 in athletics. And that's Doug Glatt from the movie Goon yep. and Goon 2. 
Um, Sean William Scott plays the character of Doug Glatt, who is basically a thug on the uh, <laughs> on the ice. Um, Hence the name Goon. But one of the but one of the best uh, one of the best lines of the movie is when he's uh, asked what number he should wear, and he's trying to figure it out. He's not the brightest guy, <laughs> and his friend in the stands, who is Jay Baruchel, yells, "Pick number sixty nine. It'll be hilarious." Um, a great scene, uh, super funny, and kind of the inspiration for this list, if you must. Um, the next guy is another one that I think, if you've seen Varsity Blues, I think Varsity Blues was a, a big-time favorite for anyone that played like youth football or high school football growing up. Uh, the movie came out in 99. Uh, number 69 on this high school's team was Billy Bob, uh, Ron Lester. Uh, he, was a, he was a great character in the movie. Basically, they uh, predicted all the CTE stuff <laughs> in 99. He was struggling with his head the entire movie, um, but he was the big the big. The big lineman, the big lineman, the big Hick lineman that was super lovable, um, but also rocked the number sixty nine very, very well. Um, and then the last one, um, I, this is my favorite one. <laughs> no other than our boy, practice Rob Gronkowski, uh, so number sixty nine. There is a picture that you can find online. One day, Rob Gronkowski showed up to the Patriots practice in a practice uniform. Shoulder pads and all with athletic tape on the back uh, in the f shape of the numbers 69. Uh, it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it's practice practice Gronk, uh, number 69. He's definitely got to be in the top. Yeah, and I mean, Gronk, uh, all of his references, he always, in the media, tries to sneak yeah. one in there yeah. every now and again. Yeah. Um, with just, stats and whatnot. Yeah, he, I, I believe he had like 69 catches yeah. at one point in, in a season. And he had a drop, and they... He, he joked about trying to stay on the number. Yeah. So, So yeah, practice Gronk's got to be in the top five. And then, you know, um, I just put together a list. But what I found was super interesting was no NBA or ABA player ever in the history of the league has worn number 69. Well, I, and, I mean, when, when you first said it, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But when you really think about it, it's like the referees, when you have to signal a foul to the scorer's table, it's like you only got five fingers. Well, and that's one of the reasons it's like it's never been worn in high school ball because you can't wear well, in high school six or nine. In high, school in high school basketball in California, the highest number you can wear is 55. All, all high schools. Yeah. That's like, well, no, I, I wasn't sure. No high schools are, uh, I mean, no, no like sanctioned high school uh, games, you can wear anything above a five. The only, the only time I've ever seen numbers in basketball uh besides like the nba like outside of the nba like because obviously dennis rodman was Col 91. college has the same rules i mean you can't have a six seven eight or nine well i'm talking about like the AAU circuit camps and stuff yeah, like that yeah. you see triple digits are like 79 or yeah yeah those are just whatever jerseys yeah that's not the official shit but yeah so it, until you're in the nba you can't wear the number to begin with so um, I just would have thought it would have been some Euro guy or something. You know what I mean? Um, I'm surprised yeah. Dennis Rodman never wore 69. Yeah, ne never. Uh, not once ever worn. I, I suspect eventually it'll get worn by some, some big doofus, some Andrew Bogut or no. You know, see, some, I think, like, I think the Zaza. NBA, I think the NBA would be the progressive league to like put a stop to like wearing number 69 as like to try and get That's that true. innuendo out of the, yeah. Yeah, out maybe. of the public. Maybe. We'll never know, I guess. We'll see. But hey, cheers to episode 69 of the TSK show. Yep, we're on. <laughs> uh, we're moving quickly tonight. Uh, let's just jump right into the two-minute drill. Uh, I got three questions for Tyler. He's got three questions for me. Yeah. We, have, we have no idea what they are. Uh, I'm going to start with mine because I think it is probably the best two-minute drill question uh, out of the six we have tonight. All right. Have you heard of Club Dub, and what do you think of it? I have not heard of Club Dub. So you don't know what Club Dub is. I don't. The, see, this I is. I feel old all of a sudden. This is exactly why I think this is the best two minute drill question. After every regular season win, the Chicago Bears locker room has turned into a club. They have videos of it on social media, all this stuff. Uh, basically, they turn the locker room lights off. They brought in like all these party lights and everything, mm -hmm. and they just blast music in the locker room after every win, and it turns into a party. And they've named it, nicknamed it Club Dub for Club W, Club yeah. Win. Yep. Uh, what do you think of uh, a team turning their locker room into a club after regular season victories? Uh, it's uh, it's cool. I mean, it's cool. Um, it's like a slippery slope, though, with sports and and professional sports in general. 
Uh, just because uh, when you're a team like Chicago, is Chicago, right? Yes. Uh, when you're a team like Chicago, you've had struggles. Um, you do want to be happy about getting wins because you want to move in the right direction and you want to be hyped about your team. Especially and, with the expectations they had coming in before yeah. getting Khalil Mack. Yep. Yeah. No expectations. You know what I mean? It's uh, um, it's good in that sense that, you know, as a coach, you want to try to figure out how to keep morale very high, keep your team feeling good and keep that any sort of momentum that you have. Um, but that can't, you know, the thing is, is you can't do that every year. You know what I mean? Club dub can't be a thing for uh, if you want your franchise to be uh you know a regular playoff contender it just kind of i mean maybe they can prove me wrong but i just think it kind of sends the wrong message it's not necessarily um the most serious tone you could have you know uh it is just a regular season win right but like i said because of where the team's at and you know maybe in two three years the veterans will be like all right dude club dub we need to win the playoffs or we yeah. need to win the super bowl or we need to get to the super bowl you know, after this season, I think they'll take a different approach to it. But for this year, party on, you know, because they, they are. They're killing it right now, and they should ride the high. Yeah, listen, I mean, I get it. I'm all for players staying loose and keeping the energy up and keeping the morale up and yeah. having a good time and having fun. At the, end of the day, at the end of the day, yes, this is their job. Uh, but also at the end of the day, this is sports, and we do it for the love of the game. Yeah. And uh, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the ways that the Chicago yeah. Bears have decided to yeah. bring the fun into sports. Uh, now, do I necessarily agree with doing this after regular season victories? Probably not. See, like, it, it's just kind of like an example, uh, you know, talking about this team in general. Um, because the Bears, I think, are seen as a good franchise in the history of the game. Historically, yes. But in the last 10 years, it hasn't been that. Exactly. That They've been so, kind of looked at as a joke the past 10 years, to be honest. So take the Falcons franchise, which is a franchise I don't think is on the same pedigree as the Chicago Bears. Um, but they have been good recently, gotten to the Super Bowl. If they were having Club Dub in there, that would not be a good <laughs> look. Like, you guys lost the Super Bowl yeah. in a half. Um, you've you've lost, uh, you know... And I'm. This is like in the sense, like if they were in the Bears' position. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Uh, because of where their team's been and what they're trying to get done, um, it's not appropriate for them to celebrate. But the Bears, very appropriate. All right. So, what do you, what do no, you got? That, that, that was a good one. What do you got for uh, me? The next. This is one. This is one of my favorite ones too. Um, it's I. Ra I rarely get a good quote in there that I want to talk about. But Max Kellerman. Oh no. Um, one of my favorites on TV, honestly. I he do. would be one I, of your favorites. I do like Max Kellerman. He's not my favorite, and he's not one of my like top five favorites, but I do like him. Uh, on ESPN's first take, um, he was quoted to say Tom Brady isn't a top 10 quarterback anymore. Is not? Is not. Is a top 10 quarterback anymore. No. Right now. In the NFL. Yep. Uh, yeah, I should end the quote. Tom Brady isn't a top 10 quarterback. Um Cause I don't remember if it was anymore or right, you know, but I'm, he was talking about right now, you know, after the law, after last week's game, he's saying, right. Um, what do, you, what do you think he means by that? Do you buy into it? Uh, what do you think he's trying to say here? Was it, is he trying to be over dramatic about a loss? Is he trying to say age has gone? This is, uh, this is, I think purely someone deciding they were going to take a, take a side in an argument before they went live on air and said, I just have to stick with this, and I'm going to run with it. Well, yeah, it's good. I mean, and First Take has always historically produced some great material. For sure. And, and it's, uh, a, it's a debate show, and obviously yeah. there has to be two different opposing sides. Yeah. Uh, now, do I agree with the statement? No, I, I don't, yeah. because I'm trying to think right now of 10 quarterbacks yeah. I could name no. that I think are better than Tom Brady right yeah. now, and I don't think I could do that. And, uh, I mean, he's fifth in the NFL in passing yards. He's 10th in touchdowns. So it's like his Case in point. Have, his numbers haven't dropped off. His wins have kind of dropped off. He only has nine wins right now. But look at uh, what he has around him. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't think this is – this is not his least talented team, I don't think. This isn't his least talented team, but it's not his most talented team. No, but no, but this team is very, very talented. I don't think anything has – they have not played good. They have not – they're not getting up for the games. They're a better football team than almost everyone they play, but they're not getting up for these games. They're not preparing like they normally do. They're not playing with as much – um, just, I mean, they just don't want it as much as they can coast to 10 wins. This is proof uh, that <laughs> yeah. they can coast. So, um, they're going to have to turn it on 
um, the last week or two or going into the playoffs or they're going to get their ass whooped in the first round. Well, uh, they, which would they be p- crazy. They potentially but. aren't going to have home field advantage uh, throughout the playoffs anymore. Well, I don't, I don't think there's uh, – I mean, I don't think they're going to get a first-round bye. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, ba- basically. Yeah, I, guess. No, I, th- I, th- I think that they'll uh, – um, I think they're going to end up having to play a wild-card game. That, yeah, what, ha- gonna, what happens if their wild-card game is against Indy? That'd be a wild one. That'd be awesome. The Vinatieri game, the Vinatieri <laughs> Bowl, the classic Colts. I've seen this matchup in the playoffs probably a dozen times. And it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, good games every time. Um, yeah. But uh, but no, I I disagree with Max Kellerman. Yeah, I, I disagree I don't, with him as well. I don't think I could name 10 I quarterbacks what he better was than trying Tom Brady to, right I now. I think what he meant by that is he's trying to say that like right now uh, he's just not playing very good. Yeah, no, the Patriots uh, aren't playing well. But yeah, wanted to bring that one to the table. All right. So on the subject of quarterbacks, we'll go from one of the last Super Bowl teams uh, to the other one. Do you like Philadelphia's move to not put Carson Wentz on IR but still stick with Nick Foles as as the starter? Yeah, I think that they've done a good job in not uh, completely disrespecting the backup quarterback position. A Super Bowl MVP. Because they've the team that's been rewarded more than any other team may, other outside of the Patriots uh, for sticking with a backup and keeping a good backup. Um, because they won a Super Bowl with him. Um, they were because they because they invested in the position and had someone of value, uh, just in case, just in case this happened for them, and they were able to win a ring. I think it's smart. Um, actually, on on uh, on the same show, first take. I think Stephen A. ripped into um, ripped in a, to Philly about not getting rid of Nick Foles when his stock was extremely high at the beginning of the season because he was the Super Bowl MVP. He had some trade value. I see and now I just think Yeah, see, I got to give Good thing I, they I, didn't trade I him. I think you have to give Philly all the credit in the world for not yeah, trading do. Nick Foles. I do give them all the credit in the world for that. Because at the end of the day, yeah, Carson Wentz was coming back from a knee injury and now he's got a back injury. At the end of the day, Carson Wentz, he's he's had some injuries. They're not a They're, team that loses their quarterback and uh lose everything lose all hope, which is very is extremely rare in the NFL. And I think I think the best part uh about this whole situation and I think it was really evident in the game against the Rams, which they ended up upsetting the Rams, was Nick Foles is comfortable with this wide receiving core. Uh he really favored Alshon Jeffrey Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey. Wow, I can't believe I just messed that up. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, he really favored him a lot more than uh, Carson Wentz would favor Zach Ertz. Uh, but there is a familiarity with the receiving core. Yeah, yep. He's uh, played a lot with a lot of football with these guys. Yeah, so I think I think it's just a next man up type of situation, like it was last year. They're still somehow in the playoff hunt. So if they can, it, when it comes to their team right now, they're, it's it's you know they're just as good with Foles as they are Wentz. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wentz, Wentz presents a different set of problems, but Foles is. Uh, he's perfect for this team. He fits right in, and like you're saying, he knows he knows the guys. He's been with the franchise. He's and, ready to do this. And re- real realistically, at the end of the day, he's been there and done that. And he's they're trying to do it again right now. So it could be wild. They went out. It could be crazy. Uh, they went out. They're nine and seven. Yeah, and they could be in the playoffs. Could, could be a wild one. Yeah. Um, so and then now sticking with quarterbacks again. Um, <laughs> Uh, do you do you think um, from Aaron Rodgers' perspective or the Green Bay Packers' perspective that he should play the last two games of the season? This is kind of one of those classic, you know, rare, you know, decisions. Like if you've locked up home field advantage, do you play Week Seventeen? Um, they don't have any shot at the playoffs anymore. They're playing the they're, Jets this week. They obviously don't have. Um, they, you know, their their coaching stuff is up in the air. There's there's some there's some transitioning going on in the franchise, but it's all centered around him. Um, if you're if you're the Packers, you just sit him and and just take this season as the L it is. Yeah, I th- I think you have to. I don't think there's any reason to put him out there to get hurt. No, and I mean we know what this team is when Carson went, or excuse me Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we know what this team is when Aaron Rodgers is hurt. And that's nothing. And they got nothing to play for anymore this season is outside of pride. So and, and what's the point of playing him if he does get hurt this late in the season? What's his timetable realistically yeah. if, if it is a serious injury? Yeah, no. And he's uh, had shoulder, coming back next he's year. Had shoulder injuries and other, you know, knee other injuries. Stuff. 
Um, he's, uh, I think you got to sit him the last two games, uh, which is going to be, which would be crazy. But I think that's where the Packers are at. I think that's a smart move because they can absolutely, if they get, you know, their house in order, they're the franchise with Aaron Rodgers, with all the lore that is being a Packer, they'll be fine. Although I do think Aaron Rodgers is the type of competitor to where he won't sit and he will go out there, try and prove to everybody that team. he is who he is, yeah. and he might even be right about it. No, and he's he is definitely the guy to prove everybody wrong. Constantly. Exactly, that's what he does. Exactly. So if he does play, it won't be a huge surprise. But I look for Aaron and Green Bay to be smart about this. Don't play. I, I hope so. Don't play Aaron for don't Aaron's play. sake. I hope they're smart about it. If he's on your fantasy team out there, I'm sorry, but don't don't play. No. Imagine being in the championship and having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. Yeah, sitting. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people out there that's got that dilemma right now. Yikes. All right, last question for me. Uh, and it's about the playoffs. So the NFC East, the AFC North, the AFC East, and the AFC South are all still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Which divisional race are you most excited to watch? I don't know. I've kind of like just set my mind. I think I know who's going to win all those. Uh, okay, so who do you think is going to win the AFC East? Uh, the, the AFC East? Yes. <laughs> the Patriots are going to win the AFC East, no o- doubt, 100%. Okay. So that's not interesting at all. Okay, who do you think is going to win the AFC North? The AFC North is Pittsburgh for sure. Definitely going to bring that home. Okay. And um, I don't like Baltimore to finish strong. And you think Houston's going to win the AFC South? I, I definitely got Houston winning the South, but I, I also got the Colts as my other wild card team the last couple of weeks. Okay, so you're not really interested in the AFC? No, because I think it's set. I mean, I, I think – I guess AFC South would be the most, most interesting because Tennessee is a team that I always undermine, and they're in the mix. So Because they could sneak in and maybe take Indianapolis' well, wild card spot. Yeah, they're 8-6 and six just, like, uh, just like Indianapolis is, so um, – AFC South is probably the most interesting, but I just know, I'm just confident that the Houston is for sure going to lock that up. Okay, so and I'm pretty sure the Indy is going to lock it up as well. Well, we we can't forget about the NFC East. With the NFC East is crazy. I can't believe DC got a win. Um, that kind of that's what throws a rat. And and the Cowboys throwing out their worst performance of the season. Oh, they look like trash. Uh, to get shut out by the Colts. Um, you know that's this is terrible timing for that to happen, but I still like Dallas to finish strong and get this division, and I think Philly's gonna um, just fall short of Minnesota. That tie is gonna end up helping Minnesota. Yeah, I think so as well. So um, that one's a little interesting, but I I still have, like I said I'm pretty confident in the Cowboys. So I guess to answer your question, AFC South is the most interesting. Okay, three teams in it always. Yeah, always interesting. No, it makes sense. Um, and then my last question is about the Rams. Oh uh, boy, are you con- are two two L's in a row at the end of the season or at, towards the end of the season? Um, are you uh, confident that this team can still win the Super Bowl this year? And at this point in time, uh, these are a lot of questions. Was the big well? No, there's two questions. Are you confident they can win the Super Bowl this year? Okay. And do you think this big that big off season um, has worked out in, in the sense that? You were in this position last year without those guys. Okay. I'll put it to you this way. If I were to put myself on a panic meter of 0 to 10, 0 being no panic, okay. 10 being extremely panicked. Because zero, there was 0 panic three weeks ago. There was 0 panic three weeks ago going into the Detroit game. It was a 0 panic level. Yes. Okay. I'm probably at about a 4 now. This is, huh? I'm probably at about a 4. Oh man, for the Super Bowl, I'm talking for the Super Bowl. There is no, there is no uh, middle ground for the Rams this year. Here's the thing, I'm I'm not thinking about the Super Bowl. I'm one Just step the NFC Championship one game. step at the, one step at a time. So that's we, where you're. That's where you're kind of. Um, if we get to the NFC Championship game, this was a good stepping stone. Hundred percent, because we made it future. further. We made it further. And you're still pretty young. Yes, we made it further than we made it last year. Mm-hmm. It, you you progressed a step further. Yep. We we have another season of experience under our belt for all of our young players. We have a young nucleus that has really come of age this season. Yep, you signed uh, Donald. Yeah, we, we locked up Donald. We locked up Gurley. Uh, we have Cooper Cup coming back. And, and here's the thing. 
they've the Rams have lost two in a row, and they've lost two pretty shitty games. And yeah. the last three games, even though they beat Detroit, that score was not indicative of how the Rams played. The Rams played like shit against Detroit. Who's the Sunday night fuckers that I don't like? Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth, man. <laughs> he said it. He said it best, though. He's like, you know, the Ra- I thought it was interesting because I hadn't really seen it. But he said that the biggest weakness of the Rams was their depth on offense. And that's when I started talking about Cooper Cup's importance because – he Cooper Cups the guy on the receiving. He's court the that, security blanket. Well, he trickles it all down to where everybody's jobs is a little easier. Instead of Rob Woods being the uh, number, instead of him being the number one guy, he's the number two guy. Right. Instead of Cooks be, having to be a one-two outside guy, he just gets to be either the outside receiver that takes the top off and that deep threat, or the slot receiver that takes the top off. He's just a deep threat, and he gets to play with two other great route runners. So you put Cooper Cup in there, all of a sudden Bob Woods' job's easier, Cook's job's easier, and then those guys are already good. Right. So it really puts a bonus on it, and it makes it all uh, kind of work together. Bob Woods is your number one. You know, Cooks is not a guy that gets open, and not not in the sense that he breaks people off. It's not a route running. He gets open because he stretches coverage, yeah. and if you don't respect the deep ball, he's going to burn you deep. But that's all, basically all he brings, and so now you've got Bob Woods is going to play their best defend the best defender every week, um, and then you know with linemen going down, and if Gurley's not in the lineup, then all of a sudden it's a really different team, and it really leans on Jared Goff for the most part. Yeah, and he's looked like shit the past three four weeks, and I think I think what it really goes back to is why they lost to Atlanta last year in the first round of the playoffs was their lack of experience. And for me, getting these two losses out of the way now to Chicago and Philly, Chicago was a huge matchup on Sunday Night Football uh, of a team who's been in first place all year and a team who was not expecting to have the season they were having. And it was a defensive performance for the ages on both sides. Uh, And Chicago ended up coming out victorious. And then on Sunday night this past week, Philadelphia came out and the Rams really didn't know what hit them. Yeah, no, Philly grinded it out like they do. That's uh, that's how they won the Super Bowl last year. But I'd rather get these two losses out of the way now, face two teams who are out of playoff contention and have really nothing to play for the next two weeks. Oh, yeah, you got the easiest two-game schedule in the league. Exactly. Wins-wise. Exactly. So you get these two wins against teams that are out of playoff contention and have nothing to play for these next two weeks, go into the playoffs with momentum on a two-game winning streak. You progress off the the loss last year in the first yeah, round. Yeah, that meter's got to jack way the fuck up there if you drop one of these two. Whoa. That meter's probably going to about but, eight. But look, okay, but look, you know, you got Bob Woods playing against Patrick Peterson and Richard Sherman the next two weeks. So it's like, is Gurley, Gurley's what? day to day. You know, it's just uh, signs. Nah, just signed C.J. Anderson. I'd say the meter's got to be a little, uh, a little higher than four. Just I'm at a four. Of these kind of things. I'm at a but, four. I'm confident. Uh, I'm confident in my guys. You got the, you got the experience. Uh, you got to win. You got to win some playoff games now. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. All right. So that is the two minute drill from the gridiron to the hardwood. Now, the starting five. And the first thing we wanted to talk about was now that we're uh, pretty much almost to Christmas, about a third, almost a third of the way through the NBA season, uh, and really the the general casual NBA fan, uh, the start of the NBA season is always Christmas. Uh, but we kind of wanted to talk about uh, some mistakes, uh, or turned turned out to be mistakes uh, from free agency yeah. this past summer. And the first one, obviously, I think. Uh, that didn't work out was mellow in Houston. That's the obvious one. That's the big kind of like, that was the one that was covered the most. It was the biggest name to the biggest team outside of LeBron, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was just, it's, and it, and it blew up in their face, I think. And, you know, we talked about on the show, mellow was for sure the scapegoat. It wasn't his fault and all of this. Um, but it obviously was the biggest, um, quote mistake of the off season. Yeah. So, I mean, it, that's pretty self-explanatory right there. Uh, one that I think uh, we were pretty excited about because we thought it was going to work out well, uh, that was Jabari, Bar- Jabari Parker going yep. to Chicago. Yep. Uh, and I think it was a mistake on both ends, actually, 
uh, both for Jabari and a no man. And Jabari's got to sign that contract. Well, he he has to sign that contract because yes, of the money. Because of the money, but no one's given. No one was going to give him close to that money. And we and we talked about our most disappointing teams, and Chicago was my only Eastern Conference team that was disappointing because I think they really sold sold everybody on a dream that this <laughs> is like not even close to being true. Yeah, it just hasn't come to fruition. And they over, they overpaid him. Um, he. And, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you. Like, there could have been basketball. Basketball-wise, there's a bunch of teams you could have signed with that have been much better off. Yeah. Like, they'd be able to sign with Phoenix. That would have been, you know. like. But nobody was going to give him $40 million. No, no. Oh, my God. He got Sam. He, he Sam Bradford everybody on that deal. I mean, that is Sam Bradford level of just <laughs> blindly robbing somebody off of uh, such a small sample size. I mean, his rookie contract, he barely played. And when he did play, it wasn't the. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I mean, the kid just flashes of greatness, but nothing that's nothing that I would bank twenty mil a year on. No, uh, but it's it's just unfortunate for Chicago because they did commit so much money to him, and it isn't working out. It it kind of puts them in a stranglehold as far as the salary cap, uh, with another big free agency summer coming up, uh, to where they could have probably had some flexibility if they didn't sign. Uh, Jabari Parker to such a lucrative deal. Yeah, no, it, it really shot Chicago in the foot. Um, like, you know, financially, Jabari's going to be all right, but basketball-wise, I just don't know where his career is going to end up. It's it's kind you of... Think, you think he's on the move? Well, yeah, I don't know. Now that it, now that December 15th has passed. I I've, I've, haven't paid... You know, I've always put him on the back burner as far as my attention goes in the NBA just because he's never proven anything to me outside of high school ball he was same with andrew wiggins was, and yeah he did go to duke so I, obviously i i had a, a turn off instantly um but w when he's gotten to the pros he just hasn't played uh it just it's tough to want to give someone money that hasn't played but he is he does show flashes of being a really really good player so and he's super young still so he can absolutely be um a piece later on but i think he you know his window of being a superstar and franchises want to build around him um it's definitely closing it gets smaller and smaller every every year you get older yeah uh now the last player uh and it kind of transitions into the second starting five topic that we wanted to discuss mm -hmm. uh trevor ariza just clearly didn't work out in phoenix yeah uh obviously it was clear from the jump that it it wasn't what trevor ariza thought phoenix was going to be yeah, I think they're they're a weird one. They're kind of like Oakland Raiders to me in the sense where I like thought that they had a completely different mindset coming into the year. And then all of a sudden they just you went know. the complete opposite. Yeah, Oakland, Oakland on paper I thought okay, like they put a bunch of these veterans together. They had some like, you know, they had some good draft picks. They had some stars, and then they just you know completely, you know, emptied house, tanking basically, essentially tanking outside of not playing, sitting Derek Carr. Um, and I think that's the same thing that Phoenix on paper. I thought, okay, you know, you've got veterans, you've got young talent, you've, you've gotten guys in the draft that you like. I thought they were ready to make their next step, but then they completely ignored the point guard position and, yeah. and it's been completely trashed since then. And in, even with two superstars or two future superstars, they're, they're just not doing anything. Trevor's pissed. Yeah, and, and you can't really blame him. Uh, he signed for a lot of money uh, in Phoenix. Uh, it was like one year, $15 million. And he thought that he was going to be put in a position to A, lead a, a young team and kind of kind of help groom Devin Booker as as the next leader yeah. of the, of and the team. And Josh Jackson. And, and DeAndre and, Ayton. And Marquise Chris and, and the, all these guys. And at the time, he was there with... And the Tyson Chandler. Yeah, exactly. At the time, he was there with Tyson Chandler, who ended up getting bought out, uh, like we all know, and ended up signing with the we Lakers. We just named seven players on their team. Not one of them plays point guard. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that that's like what you get. You're, it's <laughs> It's the most important position in the game. It's just like Denver... Like rolling out Trevor Simeon the last two years, it's just like, dude, yeah. I get it. Like he can get the job done, but this is not gonna work. No, you need somebody a little bit better than this that. Not, this is not gonna work. T.J. McConnell is a better play at point guard than what Phoenix has been thrown out there. Oh, easily. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate for Trevor. But like we said, uh, it kind of transitions into the second topic uh, in the starting five, and that is the Trevor Ariza trade. 
to Washington. He he returns to Washington back with his former team. Yeah. So last episode, we thought that the trade. Oh, uh, we thought the, it was all but done. We had that. We were. Yeah, we thought it was all but. We thought Marshawn Brooks was part of the trade. Well, we, well, no. Last we, episode, we thought he was going to the Lakers. No, no. Last episode. Last episode, we thought Trevor Ariza was going to go to the Lakers. At the last episode, we covered the trade. Didn't this trade like no, originally trade, happen last week? It happened after the episode. After the show, it the wasn't, episode. and then it got finalized on like Saturday. So I got I got the full breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESPN wrote a whole article because this trade was absolutely bonkers, and it had NBA Twitter a buzz. So at nine fifty three Eastern time, so about seven o'clock here on the West Coast. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out that the Wizards were in advance talks on a deal to acquire Phoenix forward Trevor Ariza, and they basically had to find a third team to help facilitate the trade, uh, similar to what we thought was going to happen with the Lakers in Phoenix, uh, but obviously that ended up not working out. And so turns out later on, uh, Woj said that the third team was going to be the Memphis Grizzlies, and Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers would be going to the Suns. Ariza would be going to the Wizards. And Marshawn Brooks would be going to, uh, I guess. Marshawn Brooks was going to Phoenix. Yeah, they Marshawn thought, Brooks was going to Phoenix. Because that's why they made the trade. They right. They thought they were. Yeah. They were getting Marshawn Brooks. They thought they were getting Dylan Brooks. Right. They, were, they thought they were getting Dylan Brooks. So Washington, Phoenix, and Memphis have agreed. This is from Woj. Washington, Phoenix, and Memphis have agreed in principle on a deal that will also include Wayne Seldon, Dylan Brooks, headed to the Suns, a 2020 Grizzlies second-round pick, and a conditional 2019 second-rounder to Washington. Uh, Now, the twist comes a little bit after that. Clarification, Marshawn Brooks on his way to the Suns, not Dylan Brooks. And then that is when Zach Lowe jumped in. And he said that the deal was now in jeopardy because over which Brooks uh, Phoenix would be receiving Marshawn Marshawn or Dylan. Brooks is fucking <laughs> like what you know? It's like a that's like a dude that's gonna go bust your like second string real quick, but it's like a trade piece, you know, for monetary reasons. Yeah, Dylan Brooks is a young player that can fucking play. He's a piece. Yeah, he's someone that is like can be part of the future picture. Like completely night and day different prospects. Yeah, and then so by the end if of the... If I was Phoenix and I thought I was getting Dylan Brooks and they said, no, it's Marshawn, <laughs> I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Well, some people thought Scott Brooks was going to be a part of the the deal. Yeah. Cool. But anyway, so it ended, uh, it ended that night that the three-team deal was going to be off completely. Nobody was going anywhere. And then turns out the next morning... Uh, Phoenix and Washington were able to work out a deal straight strictly between themselves and it ended up being Trevor Ariza for Kelly Oubre and Austin Rivers going to Phoenix, Trevor Ariza going to Washington. Oubre obviously is going to stay with Phoenix and it came out earlier today that Austin Rivers has been released and waived by Phoenix and then there were reports that he was going to sign with Memphis. Uh, and then there were some reports that he was not going to sign with Memphis. Tells you a lot about Austin Rivers. They got no point guards in Phoenix. And they're cutting his ass. Yeah, it makes no sense. Why did they even make the trade at all? <sighs> Just to get rid of Ariza because he's pissed. They're going to have a Jimmy Butler situation on their hands, and Ariza's going to start punking all their <laughs> fucking best players at practice, <laughs> make Deba cry or something. <laughs> Can't let that happen. No. And I think the worst part about all of this was we thought last week Trevor Ariza was all but surely going to be a Laker. And then the Suns owner came out and said the last thing he was going to do would be trading Trevor Ariza to the Lakers because of all the backlash Phoenix received for the way Tyson given Chandler him, yeah, given him, ended up yeah, in sure. Los Angeles. That's understandable, I think. I mean, well, uh, it, yeah, I get it. It's understandable from Phoenix's standpoint. I'd be like, what the fuck are we doing? We're just like <laughs> hooking the. Like we're just the Lakers farm team now. Like, what is this? Shout out James jo- James Jones and uh, LeBron James. Yeah, no, that's why you can't do it. You know what I mean? I think that's why. I think it, yeah, even though I'm you know, a Lakers fan and I, I would love to get Trevor. Um, you know who has the longest streak in NBA history and NBA Finals appearances? James Jones and LeBron James. Yeah, they're tied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're every. This together. is the first year James Jones hasn't been in the NBA. 
yeah. since that's crazy. LeBron has been to the finals eight straight he, years. He was on the team last year. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe last year was the first year he wasn't. Yeah, yeah I think the streak broke last year. No, oh, whatever. Still crazy. He's still on, like, it's like LeBron, it's LeBron, James Jones, and a bunch of Celtics for, like, the most, uh, like, the most finals appearances as yeah. teammates. Yeah, it's, that's pretty crazy. But, yeah, no, understandably, I get why Phoenix didn't end up trading Trevor Reza to the Lakers, but it's like, come on, guys, just help us out here. You're tanking. Yeah, no, you get, get they've, Zion. They've, yeah, they've, they've completely, they completely fucked it up. They're, uh. They should just yeah tank completely and try to get Zion. <laughs> yeah. Any any one of those three kids, I think um, R.J. Barrett or uh, Cam Reddish or Cam Reddish or or Zion would be a good pick for them. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, Trevor Reza back in Washington, uh, do you think that helps them get back into the hunt? I guess in the Eastern I definitely Conference. Think, I definitely think if Trevor Reza helps your team, if especially if. You know, it seems as if Washington is trying to salvage their season. They're not ready to tank right now. Right. Uh, so I definitely think he's going to help out and he's going to play for them. And, and I think it's somewhere. I think it's good that uh, it, they got someone that that's played with both Wall and Beal before. Well, and like Mo- Morris and Otto Porter both play really good with Trevor. So that's yeah. a good set of uh, forwards to throw out there. Um, any combination of those two guys can play together. Uh, without really losing anything on offense or defense. So that's a nice little rotation for them. Uh, and I definitely think he's a pickup for – but Trevor's the kind of guy that, like, if, you, if you're if you trying to win games and you pick up a Trevor Reza, he's going to help. You're fucking, if you're Phoenix and you're being fucking – you don't know what you're doing, he's not going to help any because this kid's a, this kid only plays for winners. Yeah, and he's he's proven time and time again that at the at the end of the game in crunch time, you can have him out on the floor and he will make a play for you. Yeah, no, he's a big time player, and he's a and he's a guy that understands the bigger picture. So you know that's For why sure. that's why he's such a good role player. He he has no ego. I think it's also um, and he's a, he's a guy like Jared Smith, where I think his teammates just love him. Yeah, he's. I think he's a. He'll bring some stability to that locker room that's had some dysfunction in it the past couple of mm-hmm. couple of months. Yeah, I think I think it's a good pickup for them. All right, uh, what what was the the next topic we wanted to discuss? The I had um, the oh the top the top ten scores in the NBA right now. All right, let's uh, do it. So right now in the NBA, uh, you know we're getting close to that Christmas mark, so things are, you know the win loss record is something that can tell you some things. Uh, the stats can tell you some things. Uh, so we're just going to talk about the scores. Scoring's everything in the NBA nowadays. Um, when I was growing up, I remember uh, the 20 points a game used to be closer to a dozen to 15. Uh, now it's 25, 26 right now, uh, players averaging over 20 a game. Yeah, wow. Um, but the top 10 right now, uh, I'll just I'll spit them down really quick from 1 to 10. Uh, we got James Harden, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, then Giannis, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Blake Griffin, and Paul George. All right. Initially, for me, the first two names that pop out as surprises to see in the top ten so far uh, it, as the top ten in scoring are, yeah, which is a twenty-five point a game mark. So everybody on this list is averaging twenty-five or more. Right. Uh, so at number seven, Joel Embiid, and at number nine, Blake Griffin. Those are the first Blake, two ones that jump I out at me. I love seeing this. I love seeing Blake at this mark because I think he's really taking on what he needed to do. Well, he's got and, nothing else to focus on in Detroit but basketball. Well, and Drummond is not the guy that's the takeover guy. And now that Blake's a little bit better with the ball in his hands, it's uh, I, yeah. And we, I always talk. I'm excited for basketball season to get started and dive into it a little deeper <laughs> once football's over because you'll really hear me get get. Yeah, I've, I've thought I've watched a lot. Uh, I've watched the Pistons um, as closely as just about any team in the league this year. Love their team. Um, awesome to see Blake Griffin doing that. No, I think I think. Having, yeah, he is a surprise. Well, I just think having the experience of playing with Drummond more and more uh, as they've been together longer, uh, Drummond is the the guy on that team that does the dirty work. He cleans up the glass. He gets the offensive rebounds and gets the putbacks. Uh, and Blake Griffin is really the, the focal point of the offense. And I do want to mention one thing about the top ten that is a, um, a little asterisk next to it. Uh, Steph Curry hasn't played enough games. To qualify, yes. To qualify, or he would be number two in the league in scoring. Yes, that is correct. Um, but I, you know, I also noticed, um, you know, Russell Westbrook not being on the list. Uh, I don't know if he doesn't have enough games to be qualified either. But 
I assume he's got to be up at the 25 mark. I see him at 20.7. Yeah, so that – okay, so Russell Westbrook right off the top. That's crazy to not see him in the top 10 in scoring. Um, and especially to see that he's got a teammate in the top 10, Paul George. Uh, that's pretty interesting. But here's the thing. Russell's averaging a triple-double with 10 assists and 10.7 rebounds. Yeah, Russell's the man, no doubt. Uh, arguably my favorite player in the league. It's just – it's uh, firsthand when you look, first look at this list, it's, not, it's weird not to see Westbrook up there. Um, weird not to see Kyrie up there. Weird not to see Demar up there. Yep. Weird not to see Clay Thompson up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like Clay is like knocking on the door. Clay's like where he, he normally is. It's just the ranking of the top ten. You know, you you have some certain prestigious names. Yeah. Um, that are always on the list. I'd love to see LeBron at 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 twenty seven points. Still doing the damn thing. Uh, year sixteen. Uh, the kids still got it. Um. Dude, it's been crazy me watching Laker games and having to just root for LeBron. Yeah. I mean, not root for him. Yeah, I, fuck. And we also God got damn it. we also got James Harden at 31 and a half points a game, which is ridiculous. Um be be interesting to see what he's got to do to make that team that Yeah, he's shooting out. 10 free throws a game. Which is is smart. It's very it's very it's some bullshit. The the thing is, is like you know, Iverson made a living and Kobe made a living at getting to the line. They just didn't flop. They exactly. Didn't, they didn't have. They had a different influence on the free throw line. Um, people, they were going to the rack hard. Have, James Harden makes this shit look so fucking easy with euro steps and step throughs and when and when four he, step step backs. Well, yeah, those are classic. I love that kind of stuff. Um, I love when people get away with the trap. Oh, that was such, oh, dude. When people get away, I love my favorite thing to piss off somebody and shout Jordan Carlson because we've had this conversation. He hates it, but. If you get away with the travel and they didn't call it, it's not a fucking travel. Well, he if literally, he literally it, said in the post game, he said, what do you want me to do? Tell on myself? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, dude, just let them get by. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> like, And if they're playing against you, then tell on them if you want. Uh, but James Harden does travel a lot, but he uses – he's like the best at um, knowing when to pick up the ball and how to use his steps to get to the rack. Um, the, the, the flopping is there, uh, but I think it also, you know – his ability to get to the rim is just so easy, and I think you're get, you know you got to stop him before he gets to the rim. Yeah, the flopping comes at the rim. Uh, the damage has already been done. He could just go for the layup every time. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, he goes for these fouls. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah, well, um, he I could score. He has the ability to just score the rock. The NBA created a whole rule uh, after him initiating contact so much. And the refs calling the foul. It's like yeah, it's now smart. Chris now, Paul used to do that shit a lot too. He used to initiate the contract and go up on the shot. And now they're teammates. And, that, and that's how it goes. That's the that's the influence of their generation on the league. Not the best influence, but all right. Back to back to the top ten in scoring though. Who do you think is going to end up winning the scoring title like, this year? Like leading it all the way. Um, yeah, who's going to win the scoring title at the end of the year? Well, first of all, I'm rooting for Steph. I'd love to see Steph lead the league in scoring this yeah. year, just because. A uh, big Steph Curry fan, and I would, and I just think he, he's been so great and done things so differently than anybody else. Um, his effect on the game, we're seeing it in all everybody else's game that he doesn't get kind of the credit and the notice, and he gets a ton of credit and a ton of notice, but yeah. still not quite enough. So I'd love to see him, um, but I think James Harden's going to end up leading the league. I think it's going to be KD. Okay, I just don't, you know. It's tough for the KD and Steph to do it. You know? Yeah, they they kind of cancel each other out, but but uh, Shaq and Kobe did it. I mean, they Shaq and Kobe were constantly um, in the mix with AI. Yeah, um, every year I, there was three years in a row that those were the top three in scoring. Um, I, I think all three years of the the three peat three peat uh, they were the top three in the league. So makes sense to me. It, it can happen, but. Um, yeah, the Warriors are just too passive of a team. They're too smart. They don't need that. Um, they get those buckets just on ease. Yeah. All right. So the fourth topic in the starting five that we wanted to talk about was a article Talking came out about Steph Curry. Well, yeah, yeah, he's really the start of this he, conversation. I think he is the conversation. Yeah, uh, but it came out in a Bleacher Report article earlier today on Tuesday uh, that. The 76ers, the Hawks, the Nets, the Bulls, and the Bucks are all using some sort of four-point line in their practice. Uh, most notably, the Hawks have basically drawn a line 
five feet behind the actual NBA three-point line on their practice court, uh, and they use it a lot uh, with Trey Young to figure out spacing on the floor, uh, expand his range, uh, and basically try and bring the defense out. Uh, and then the Bucks, similarly, they have five square boxes uh, on their court spread out uh, at their practice facility uh, as basically four-point lines or four-point spots uh, to basically help their five-out offense uh, and spread the court, expand the defense, bring out uh, bring out the defense more, open up lanes uh, mm-hmm. for Giannis and Chris Middleton and uh, players like that to get to the hole uh, and use their length as an advantage on the offensive end. So, what do you what do you think about NBA teams using a four point line? Do you think there will be a four point line in the NBA where if you shoot it behind the line, it is worth four points? Uh, do you think? Any like, what do you think of these adaptations of yeah, of the four it's point all interesting line? stuff? There's a lot to take in there because um, there's a lot of implications for it. But I think the reason why these teams are doing it is they're just trying to get ahead of the curve, get some get some stats on it, um, get some you know analytics involved with their practices. Yeah, and see what the numbers and, are and present a case to the NBA to make this happen because it helps um, it helps their team and the way they're coaching because they're on the front end of it. They think they're getting, you know, There's they're going to some gonna, sort of advantage. They're going to master it before other teams do. Um, it's similar to like how the three points line is being mastered now. But, you know, originally in 1980, when they added the three point line, um, they added it because of the spacing. That's yeah. why you want you want there to be spacing um, just to, you know, help help out the offense, help out the defense. You don't want it to get too clogged up. Um, and so this four point line, I didn't think it would ever be possible, but it's definitely possible now. Um, I don't know if I necessarily want to see it just because I've grown up basketball being one way and a shot being worth two shot, one shot being worth two shots going to be crazy. Now it will be very, very difficult to hit. Um, but it'll be cra- It'll be interesting. We'll see what like the true shooting percentage. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you have a two, a three and a four pointer out there, if you have a true shooting percentage of how many points you're getting per shot um, at that, you know, efficiency at that percentage um, will be would be cool to see. But yeah, in the in the Bleacher Report article, um, it's basically quoting a report from ESPN's Malika Andrews. Uh, Andrews, uh, in her findings, she states that uh, Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, he's taken advantage of the open lanes that the the Milwaukee offense has created by expanding the floor so much. He leads the league with 55 unassisted dunks, and the next closest player is Utah's Rudy Gobert with only 23. Yeah, he's dominating in the paint. I mean, his percentage, it's like Shaq, Shaq and Wilk, Wilt Chamberlain-type numbers. I mean, that's really what he's doing. Yeah. And if you spread the crowd out even more, he's going to be more and more effective. Um, but – you're also giving you, your little guys and your skilled players and your sharpshooters like Trey Young, Steph Curry, a chance. Yeah, for sure. Steph Curry's quote has ruined the game. You know what I mean? He, they, yeah, you ruined the game. Yeah, you start. You you really said it. He really is the start of this conversation because uh, I think for the modern NBA in the last five to six years, uh, with the with like all this younger generation of kids that are now NBA fans because uh, of Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. he's he's not. I, I I always say this. He's not the he's not the Michael Jordan of his um, he's not the Michael Jordan of his generation. He's the Allen Iverson of his generation. Yeah, he's he's really um, changing a whole culture. And it's not and Michael Jordan honestly isn't even a good example because Michael Jordan was also the Steph Curry and the Allen Iverson of his generation. Yeah. He just happened to be both. But in the sense that they transcended the game, they changed how it was um, looked at, how you thought it could be done. Um, they did it their own way. Uh, they did it in a way that everybody wanted to copy. Um, I mean, yeah, Steph Curry is the most, I think he's had the biggest impact on the game, um, outside of like Michael and Iverson. Now there's people like LeBron and Kobe who were, um, the best player in the league. What I meant by being the Michael Jordan of the league, um, but they don't have Kobe, Kobe and LeBron don't have the same thumbprint on the league. Like a Steph Curry does as far as the play style goes and how the game's played. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty the the numbers are it's pretty are, interesting stuff to see a four point line be even possible. Um, well, we'll see what the big three teams, the big three uses a four point spot on the court, or they also don't play full court. 
So it's it's different. Um, basketball is basketball. Yeah, it, I just it'll be it'll be interesting once the math get involved. I think that it's smart that they're gonna try it out in practice first before, um, you know, before like experimenting with it in preseason. You know, I think that's what the NBA did with the three point line is they threw it in preseason the year before they threw it into the regular season. Um, but I think this way, all these teams are gonna have their own. Um, their own stat guys on deck um breaking all this shit down and and uh it'll be interesting to see what they come up with if it's effective for the game or not yeah sorry there was an ad that popped up on my on my Jesus. laptop uh, but no i think yeah you, you you said it all it i think it's interesting for the evolution and the development of the game uh that teams are using this four-point line as a way to strategize and help develop their players uh, and it'll be interesting to see how other teams incorporate it and what really comes of it in terms of the NBA potentially making a rule change and in incorporating a four-point line similar to how they incorporated the three-point line in 1980. Yep. Uh, now for the last one, the last topic of the starting five, uh, the Lakers obviously have been, besides this year, in a downward spiral the past five years uh, so I, I saw something on Twitter and it was basically all of the Lakers last draft picks minus Josh Hart because he's a sec well he's first rounder um, but Julius Randle yeah I mean Kuz is the only one that's not a lottery pick right uh, but I wanted to hear you rank these players Julius Randle, and I have these written in chronological order right now. Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, and I put everything into – and I tried to put my bias to the side, but it was pretty tough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, I mean, there's two guys on this list I don't particularly like. There, I, I know there, uh, there's one person on this list I very much dislike. Like, it's tough for me. Um, I think number one was the easiest, and that's Kuzma. I think you have Kuzma ahead of Randall. I think Kuzma is the number one. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Kuz See, I think Rand what Randall's doing in New Orleans this year has been unreal. No, it's great. I, I think it's great. I think he's playing really good for his team. Uh, all five of these guys are playing good. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, but Kuzma, I think, has got the brightest future, the biggest role on his team, um, and he's just he impresses me every single time. I, I got Kuz I got Kuzma too. So, so two was where it was tough for me because. Um, from a basketball talent standpoint, um, D'Angelo Russell is a is a pretty gifted scorer. Yes. Um, and he can't. He has flashes of being really. You good You can see guard. the distaste on my face right now. Yeah. I. I so I didn't put him at number two. I'm I, glad I, you didn't. Put I went him at with Zoe at number two. Really. Um, I went Lonzo Ball. That might be a little high for people, but I think that given his age, he's the youngest of the bunch. Yeah. Um, and his uh, his playing his playing ability with LeBron James lately of late has been unreal. Unreal. Um, I think that those two are going to click differently than a lot of players have ever clicked because they're both pass first guys that need the ball in their hand, which is a weird combination. But I think the but they seem to figure it out. The correlation is IQ there, and the correlation yeah. is, is IQ and being a hooper. And and I think it's really they're physically gifted, and it's like when you put. So you put Alonzo and and LeBron out there, and you could put any three guys in the league with them, and it would work with yeah. their size, their defensive ability, um, their rebound. Alonzo's going to be first team all defense this year. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, he's a great player. So um, I got I got Zoe at two, um, at three I got D'Angelo Russell. Um, I think that he's a really in today's NBA you have to have a, a point guard that can play. You got to have a good point guard. You got to have someone that's got to be a threat to score. Um, you got to have someone that can run the offense. I think he does all those things, um, but I don't know where his head's at. I've never been a fan of him, so it's tough for me to look at him in a positive yeah. light to try and pull some good stuff. But he, the kid can score for sure. Um, then the four and five are also very <laughs> hard for me. Um, but I flip flop and like when I put Zoe above Russell this time, I'm putting Bi above Julius. Okay. Uh, B.I. was my number five to the very end. I changed it. I put him above Julius. But B.I., man, I tell you what, Lonzo Ball didn't spend any time in South Bay, did he? Nope. Lonzo Ball didn't do that. I mean, I don't I, – I just – I think B.I., man, it, I think it's time to get 
Might be time to get rid of him. I'm not saying get rid of him yet. Oh, no, I love no, the Lakers' no, young core. No, it's not time yet. But he plays the same position as our best player, so it's just like it's really tough. Um, and I always say he's got to play more guard, um, or he's got to get stronger. Uh, if they keep, if the Lakers keep him, I, I don't. I'm not mad at it. I, lo- I love our young core. Um, so I, I initially I got him over Julius. Julius is. Julius is a guy that's playing really good for his team, but I don't think he's necessarily like a stud. See, but I think he's you know taken. I, mean? I think he's taken the step that he was supposed to take, this like from last year going into this year, and is the like. I love the way Julius plays, and I'm so happy he went to the team he plays for. I just you don't know what you have until you don't have him anymore. And now that the Lakers don't have him, but every we don't time play, we we would not we, we wouldn't put him in the spots on the floor and the situations that New Orleans would. That would never happen. So we would never get that player in that. I don't know. You know, we got production out of him. It's not like we didn't get production out of him. I love Julius Randle as a player. Every time I see his stats, it's just like, man, we could have re-signed him. I just don't, you know, I just don't see. We had to to let someone walk if we wanted LeBron James. We we had to. And he drew the short straw. And I wish he didn't have to um, because it would be great to see him playing the five for the Lakers. Um, and that was where they've needed all their help this year. Yeah, but I'm happy with the team now. Um, I'm happy for Julius Randle. It was, a, I think, a happy separation for Laker and Julius Randle fans. Well, just I mean, we we kind of talked about why. I, I kind of said where I have everybody. Yeah. But yeah. just to give a concise list, I have it. Randle, Kuzma, Lonzo, Ingram, D'Angelo. So you're no, your guy that's number one is my number five. Yes. <laughs> I just – I miss Randle. Yeah. I miss I him. I, I I can't get behind it. I just don't think <laughs> – I think he's a great player, but I think he gets the, the production he's getting in New Orleans. At only like You a, don't think he gets that production are, anywhere like, else? No, no, I do, but I think that's like – there's like four or five teams. It's like that's where he needs to be. Utah, okay. Memphis, uh, okay. New Orleans, okay. Detroit. That, you know, Los that, Angeles. That's where, that's where he needs to be. Um, that's where he's going to be – it's going to be best case scenario for him playing wise. He's going to be put in a position to succeed. All right. Well, you got a shout out before we get out of here. You took I, care of it with Iguana earlier. I did. I did. Shout out my Jersey connect. Yes. So you got the, you got the 69 Jared Allen today. Yep. yep. Shout out 69. Uh, number 69. What a gem we found. What a gem. Uh, so I've, I told Tyler, he was going to really like my shout out and I'm shouting out everybody that is coming out and suing Fortnite for stealing their dances. I hope Fortnite goes down and all the kids have to suffer the way we have all suffered since NCAA football has not been made. Uh, so, yeah, down with Fortnite. I just didn't know you could you could copyright dances. I mean, I guess it's intellectual property. I don't know. but it's down. It's just, I mean, you can copyright anything. If you copyrighted it, you copyrighted it, I guess. But it just seems weird to, like, art is always, like, a weird copyright thing because it's, like... I've know, never once... That's like cop- that's like copyright like that'd be like if Steph Curry went and copyrighted the the, the mouth the guard le- the between the legs dribble. <laughs> but it's like you know it's like but if we all like if I have the physical ability to do the fucking floss thing, <laughs> like I should be able to do it. Listen, you know what I mean? I just want the kids to suffer because we still don't have NCAA football. No, that's different though. They're profiting off the name. These da- like I I get it. Cause I'm not or I don't get it because I'm not a dancer, so I don't understand. But uh that's just a weird thing to think that's just a weird thing you down know, with like, Fortnite. huh down with Fortnite. i, I like i like Fortnite. i'm not gonna lie uh, you know f- i have never once played Fortnite. it's not bad though it's never once bad. well you're missing out man i'm not we want ncaa football back we do but with that that wraps up this episode of the tsk show don't forget you can find us at tsk show on facebook twitter and instagram if you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace.